from the Mercy One Studio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Join Father Fabian Moncada every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Also tune in Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for Be Not Afraid in Spanish. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists and Dream Dirt, Farm Real Estate and Auction Services. Good morning. Welcome to Iowa Catholic Radio, 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Father PJ, good morning. Good morning, Father. Good to have you again, Nick. Thank you. So let us begin our program in the name of the Father and the Son and in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Show favor, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gift of your grace, that may fervent in hope, faith, and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a very interesting saint today. We do, St. Lawrence Brindisi. Uh, St. Lawrence was um, a, a major figure in the Catholic Counter-Reformation in the late 16th century um, uh, who disputed with Luther and other Lutheran doctors uh, trying to sort of advocate for the Catholic position. Um, and this was because of his deep um, commitment to and association with Scripture. He was said to have the better part of the New Testament simply committed to memory. Um, and, wow. and so he, he really he, he imbued the Scriptures like they lived inside of him and so they would come – sort of off of his mouth, just as though they were his own words. His word became, uh, the Lord's word became his words. Imagine this guy preaching on Sunday. That's right. be an eloquent, brilliant, and resplendent word of God explained. Knock us out of the water, brothers. So, <laughs> so it's, it, it, it's, you know, I think this is a, a helpful time, um, reflecting on one of the great uh, preachers in the church's history, um, to just raise the question, like sort of what, what makes for a good homily? What is it that we're actually looking for on Sunday? And, and I thought somebody that we'd engage in that conversation is the seminarian Nick, because he is, of course, practicing preaching while he's with me this summer. How do you imagine the best homily in your life? The be you know, honestly, I have fantasies about the best homily of my life okay, already. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, I, you know, it's just, oh, they're, they're still in the phantasma, right? And so I, uh, well, I, I just, it's all about taking something that either you're passionate about or that you see um, that you need to address and then both having the words to say it but also having the guts to say it and uh, having the... Um, The guts to say it can sometimes be the hardest part. It's not always coming up with something to say. It's actually, you know, telling it to people. And so, um, and I know that uh, one of my greatest uh, heroes as far as, like, old preachers would be St. John Chrysostom, where, you know, he was in the Basilica of uh, Constantinople and pointed right at the empress and uh, basically called her, you know, the whore of Babylon. And it was, uh, it must have been a very raucous time. It must have been, you know, it must have been a very fiery preacher Uh, but someone to have the guts to do that because of the empress and her um, anti-church ways. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, some, something like that. I could never even imagine. But yeah, I just, I, I have a lot of uh, heroes. But I, 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 uh, I hope to be a good preacher someday. The collects of the church, right? We often breeze right past. But what we just read, and and what what really I think focuses this so hard, right, Nick? What you just what you just said, right? Um, that we would have a spirit of counsel and fortitude, so both wisdom and courage, huh? That we might know what must be done, and have the courage to do it. Very often we don't know what needs to be done or we're not sure that, we, that we're on the right track, or we are sure, but we don't have the guts to see it through. 
and that and that what the great preachers in the history of the church really show us is what it's like to both be prudent enough to know what what needs to be said and when it needs to be said, but also gutsy enough to actually see it through. Father, you have a tremendous formation with the Order of Preachers. I do. Any special technical formation for preacher? Oh, well, I, you know, the, the biggest thing, and this is what poor Nick has had this, this, this summer, is just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You just the, the best way to learn how to preach is to just preach, and you're going to be pretty terrible at it for a while. Um, but that's okay because you grow into it. You sort of lean into it. Obviously, some people have more natural skills as, as orators than other people do. Um, but it's not so much about that, right? It, it, it's more about learning how, how to read an assembly, a group of people. Um, uh, this is especially true in the liturgy, but not only there. How, how to read your audience and, and, and really know their needs and then find a way to articulate something which is challenging – but which they're able to hear, which they're able to take in. Uh, a bad preacher is either too harsh on the one hand so that people can't receive the message or too lax on the other. They don't say anything worth paying attention to. So what the good preacher tries to do is land somewhere in the middle where he's got something meaningful to say, he's got a real challenge to offer, but he does it in a way that inspires people to see it through and doesn't make them you know, feel paralyzed or in, in, inadequate. It's not easy to preach, especially with this short period of time that we have. And obviously, a lot of people in front of you, different manner to approach that pastoral letters. So at the same time, we need to discern, to use the word discernment to clarify what is the Lord trying to tell us through the liturgy of the word in the, in the case of Sundays. But at the same time, we have our personal senses and approaches to deliver the homily. So in that case as well, will be the best manner to pray. Contemplation, as St. Thomas Aquinas? Yeah, so certainly um, Lexio Divina, sitting seriously with the word, the words of the scripture, and to a certain degree, even the words of the liturgy itself. When we're preaching in the liturgy or when we're praying through the liturgy, when we're listening to a homily in the course of the liturgy, um, we need to look at the kind of the whole liturgical unit and not just whatever was said immediately before we heard it. Um, because uh, the same scripture text especially can have very different meanings at different points in the church's year and its understanding of what's happening, right? So the, the presentation of the Lord, that gospel appears both at Christmas time and at the Feast of the Presentation. But the prayers tell you what your focus is supposed to be, which is not the same at either time. The same sort of thing is going on um, uh, outside of the liturgy. You know, you, you, you might preach one way in one space and a totally different way in another space, but on the same text. I often think of St. Paul preaching in the Areopagus. Um, he's literally surrounded by pagan gods, and he doesn't go through and condemn each of the pagan gods and tell the people why they're dumb for worshiping them. Rather, he says, this altar to the unknown God, you're doing something right. You don't even understand how good it is. Wow. Let me tell you why. Which is a very different thing than just coming down and sort of excoriating people. And judging. And, of course, it's there that he makes probably his greatest convert, Dionysius, right? And so, and so, so it's in that moment that things really begin to change. And that's where the real sort of dynamism um, of preaching happens. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Thank you, Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid. Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction is a licensed, accredited, and experienced farm brokerage and auction company. Learn more at DreamDirt.com, including their online auction house, FarmBid, at bid.dreamdirt.com. Dream Dirt 
Farm and Equipment Auction Services, Farm Auctions Done Right. Thank you to Bozen the Floors for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio, Dowling Catholic Football, and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. What better way to send a message to a friend or a loved one than a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers? Hey, this is Tom Bozen from Bozen the Floors. Our family business has been helping Central Iowans send messages locally and around the world for almost 100 years. Whatever the occasion, whatever the message, we can help you say more with Bozen. That's 244-ROSE, 244-7673, or visit us at bozen.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. The coronavirus has impacted lives in Iowa and around the world. This is especially true in rural South Africa, where COVID-19 restrictions have led to vulnerable children being hospitalized due to starvation. To combat this hunger, Blessman International now offers a program called One Child at a Time. You can sponsor a child in South Africa for $1 a day. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. BlessmanInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq Des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Welcome back to Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid, Father PJ and Nick. Nick, two words that we have been using in this process of formation to be a priest, prudence and discernment. That's right. So, uh, of course, you know, in, in order for Nick to get to the place where he is, where he's very shortly approaching ordination to the diaconate and then the priesthood, um, he's had to do a lot of discernment, a lot of scrutinizing his own motives, his desires, his fears, his hopes and dreams. Um, and he's done that in a, in a very particular context in the seminary, which is why we have seminaries. And in so doing, he's had to grow in the virtue of prudence to understand and recognize the good in particular situations. And so, Nick, would you give us just sort of a short form how you feel you've grown in prudence and how discernment has changed, say, when you entered right out of high school to where you're at now? Yeah, well, in the beginning, I think it was just kind of going in uh, to seminary. I'm trying to do my prayers, and I'm getting decent enough grades, so I guess I must be meant to be here, right? And uh, and then I think uh, over time, uh, at least I hope, it's deepened a little bit about the meaning of my vocation. Uh, and I think there's like two roads. One, my spiritual director now, he always says that uh, if you have any doubts by the time you get to like my stage in formation that uh, you're supposed to be a priest or not, well, why don't you just trust the people like whose job it is to make sure that you are um, um, supposed to be in this vocation, right? But then the other side of it is um, every single day uh, to ask the Lord in prayer. And this is the most prudent thing um, that, that you can do when discerning is ask the Lord every day in prayer, you know, what do you have for me today? What do you want for me? And to be completely open to that and to try and just take yourself down to the roots so that you're not holding back, you're not being duplicitous with yourself, but allowing the Lord to actually tell you 
um, when and sometimes that comes from the very deepest part of you because uh, he's already put inside of you what he wants you to do um, and so it's been uh, a journey to uncover those areas of my life and to be just completely um, open uh, to what the Lord wants. It's very good, and, and it's so critical not only for those that are discerning their their vocation in the strong sense, priesthood or religious life or, or, or um, marriage, but just ordinary decisions, right? I, I get this all the time as a parish priest. I know you do too, Father. Do we buy this house? Do I change jobs? Do we? Uh, do, is this the right time to have another kid? Um, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and people people come to their priests, people come to other people that they trust because they recognize their weighty and important decisions. They want to make sure they make the right one. It's important also to understand that go to the seminary is not literally meaning be a priest immediately. Seminary is a time of discernment, a time to study and encounter Jesus to discern what he wants for us. Right. A seminary is a seedbed, right? And so just as exactly. in, in, in a garden, right, you, you, you plant and you cultivate, some of the plants as they grow up, it's clear, aren't going to thrive here. They need to be transplanted and moved to a different place. And so, and so you know, the, the, we all know men that we went through seminary with who are now good and holy laymen and are probably much better laymen than they would have wound up as priests. Absolutely. Please, God, hopefully we're better where we are than we would have been the other way around too, right? And so, and, and so that's... In general, that's the sign that the process works, right, is when we help people find where they really belong. And at the same time, Nick, the experience of discernment living in the seminary is not easy. I mean, Not all the time. <laughs> not all the time, especially with these academic and intellectual dimensions, person, psychological dimension, and also all our affections. Everything come together to look in the divine will applying in our life. That coming together piece, right, um, is is where the, the, the traditional talk about uh, synderesis, right, the the bringing together of these different uh, elements and ideas to try and and come to a, a real reasonable conclusion, and that's that's really what's at the root of prudence, right? Is that is that we take in all the data that's around us? It makes it sound very mechanical or computery that way. The experience of it is never really like that, but mm -hmm. um, but you bring in all this information and you weigh it based on what you know already, and 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 the good that. It, that appears in front of you and, and you make the best reasonable decision that you can make. Now, of course, we can make wrong decisions in good faith. That happens all the time. You know, I, I think I'm going to take a shortcut while I'm driving and I don't know about a construction spot or something like that, right? It doesn't mean that the judgment itself was flawed. It just means that I was materially wrong about what I, what I wound up doing. And the same kind of thing can happen even with weighty decisions, which is where it's really important. You know, I think very often when people talk about discernment today, especially among the devout, there's a tendency to treat this as a kind of spiritual algebra. It's almost like you're soothsaying or That's whatever, right? right? Mm. Like if I if I pray enough, if I say the right novenas, if I if I keep myself in the state of grace, if I go to adoration, um, and I'm just quiet sometimes, then I am God's, ready to do it. God's going to magic the the right answer into my head, and then I can't be wrong. And then of course, what happens is they make a decision. Sometimes it's wrong through no fault of their own or through fault of their own, and they well, what happened? I I followed the process. Why is God being a jerk? Well, God's not being a jerk, um, but you're, you're kind of being a jerk to God right now, so stop it. Um, no, the, the, the move is rather, like, can I be open to God working even through my errors in judgment, even through my mistakes? And, and if, if I make the best possible decision I can in the moment, just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean that wasn't the right decision. The right decision may well have been to make this mistake so that you could do something better. Right. For those youth people that have been listening to us, what you can say about this sermon for them? 
to enjoy the seminary. Hmm. Oh, for joining the seminary. Um, I think your first year, for sure, um, it's just if you feel the call, if you feel that you even an inkling that God perhaps is calling you to the priesthood, the first year is basically for that to, you know, right away discern whether or not you are um, supposed to be a priest or not. And, you know, to just invest heavily in your spiritual direction to immediately become as open as possible. It takes a while sometimes to gain that relationship and trust. However, um, it, it bears fruit almost immediately with the level of openness and deepness you can achieve. And so that's that's what I can say. Excellent. Remember that we are in Iowa Catholic Radio 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, 94.5 FM. Be not afraid. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Welcome back to Iowa Catholic Radio, Be Not Afraid. We have our seminarian, Nick, and Father PJ with us. This Sunday, the Gospel of Matthew invites us to focus in the treasure, uh -huh. more in the darkness, looking for the brilliant and resplendent that we find Jesus. Uh -huh. So this beautiful piece of the Gospel leads us to Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes to the souls all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl, a great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. 
I'm reminded of the the great quote by Father Arupe, who was the the superior Jesuit. general of the Jesuits. Right, nothing is more Pedro practical Arupe. than finding God, than falling in love in an absolute way. Right, so that so that it determines what you get up for and what you go to bed for, and how you spend your free time and what you devote your energy to. That's that's what this treasure, the pearl of great price, is really all about. That you'd get rid of everything else for it. So, 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 Nick, having found what you believe to be the treasure of, uh, of the pearl of great price, the treasure in the field, how how have you gotten rid of other things, and how have you tried to to, to claim that which the Lord has set out for you? Hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, for some reason the the scripture from from wisdom that uh, you know if one tried to purchase love, spent all that he had to purchase love, uh, he would be roundly mocked. Um, and I don't think that's contrary to what this gospel is saying at all, um, because, you know, if you're trying to, you know, buy love with worldly goods and things like that, like, it's just, it's not going to work out, right? And you'd be roundly mocked because love can't be bought. And uh, I think love, as we've been talking about before, um, is working on that relationship with the Lord and realizing that w- slowly whittling down everything in your life to where God is truly the center is where is where all of us are called to, but especially uh, in discernment to make God the center. Like we hear it all the time, but um, whether you know it's me with my video games or uh, anything else, like that, where those things are very you know um, they seem trivial, but in our lives you know they take uh, pride and place a lot of the times. And uh, to work on on making uh, the Lord the center instead of anything else, and uh, you know working on your idols, so to speak, uh, that's that's the way to gain a relationship with the Lord. And that's the way to uh, find the treasure because you know, it's there, um, but it's making it more prominent uh, in your life. At the same time, when we are preaching, we expecting to find those words that help and as a pair Mm -hmm. to catch the attention of the people, to engage the people and connect with the presence of God himself. And also to take them something to give to the daily life. Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly right. You know, I think, um, I think the the the, uh, the great pearl of the pearl of great price is always, of course, Christ Jesus. But it's the way in which that manifests itself in the life of each manifest. particular person, and at different points in one's life. You know, one one thinks often of saints that appear to have had dual vocations, who spent part of their time married and then later in religious life, or some something like that. Right? Well, it's not that they got it wrong the first time. It's that at one point God called them to one thing, at another point He called them to a different thing. You know, Nick, your father, of course, was called to marriage, and, and, and the bulk of his life um, has been caught up with, with being married to your mom and, and raising you and your sister. But then at a different point in time, God called him into formal service in ministry in the church, and so he was ordained to the diaconate. Um, God does this to us at different times. Our own bishop would be able to talk about Absolutely. this, right? You know, the major portion of his life will have been as a philosophy professor, but there, there's going to be another part that will, having been the bishop of Des Moines. And in a mysterious way... It, you know, God fulfills our ultimate vocation with these little ways, these 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 sort of little v vocations in the context of a big v vocation. Yeah. So uh, so so I think it's really important. You know, I, I use that language, little and big, in the same way that we talk about tradition. Big T tradition is 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 sort of the tradition as handed on, the essentials of the faith. Little T traditions are important, but they're not essential in the same way. Well, just as we learn to grow in prudence, we make little decisions each day that put us 
grow us more and more in conformity to Christ and, and, and direct our wills more formally toward, uh, toward the good so that enables us to be able to make those big and lasting decisions, the sort of big V vocations that really determine the course of a lifetime. Imagine the moment when Nick will be ordained and his father will be present in a permanent deacon will be an amazing encounter of vocation, the fulfilling from God's will in your life and obviously the life of your father that will be so proud to look at you for the holy orders itself. You know, saints make saints, right? Um, and so this is not this is not a surprise. Not that uh, holiness is genetic, but that but but that living in proximity, right, help, helps to raise us this way. Saint Patrick, my own patron, right, was the son of a deacon and the grandson of a priest, and and so it was very clear there was some measure of holiness happening even in that household. Um, uh, several of the the fathers of the church, right, they and their brothers and their sisters, whole households, right, of holiness. And that, that's what every home, every one of us listening, right, is, is ultimately called to, is to make our household a little church where, where, where everyone in the home grows in holiness and virtue every single day. And so, you know, as we, as we draw to a close today, I think it's, it's very important, as Nick has directed us, to pray for the gift of prudence and discernment, to go to God every day asking, Lord, what is your will? Show me your will. Not, uh, not, not um, in, a, in a kind of magical thinking sort of way, but simply direct my heart and my mind such that I can see the best good for me in this moment, recognize it, and have the courage to do it. And also looking at the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary to guide us in a very humble and open heart to receive the many graces that the Lord had been waiting for us. Father, could you please send us with your blessing? And Mary and St. Joseph, St. Lauren Bendizi, and all the saints grant that whatever good we do or suffering we endure should heal you all your sins, help you grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be not afraid. Iowa Catholic Radio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Join Father Fabian Moncada every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Also tune in Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for Be Not Afraid in Spanish. Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Be Not Afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists and Dream Dirt, Farm Real Estate and Auction Services.